The Isle of Og, written and narrated by Michael Tippetts. Six, the Tempernacle. Staramet quickly set up a secretive form of communication between him and the owl, but this was nothing like Solly could have ever imagined. Its technology consisted of a large network of underground tunnels and vast chambers. These passageways, however, were not for walking through, although in places they were certainly big enough for that. They were, in fact, a series of complex, spiralling subterranean tubes and interconnecting caverns, beautiful in their construction, while serious in their design. The owl and the fox met the following week, choosing to rendezvous again in the quiet of the afternoon, but this time it was the fox who journeyed to Solly's tree. There are many secret tunnels on this island, explained Staramet to an attentive owl. Some stretch from my earth to here beneath this cypress tree. Uh, Oh, really? said Solly, apprehensively, not quite sure what the fox was talking about, or if indeed he was being entirely serious. Between the roots of this old tree, gestured the fox, there is a hidden tunnel that leads down to a very special room. A room? said Solly, confused. Solly's cypress tree, over many centuries of growth, had dug itself deep into the island's rocky ground, where the tree's thick roots, like slowly spilling tar, had wrapped themselves around the large surrounding boulders. It was then that Staramet produced a strange-looking gold ring, with a setting that contained a cinnabar jewel. This red gem was the size and shape of a small marble. Solly watched as he slotted it into a moss-covered hole hidden deep within a large rock. Turning it one full turn, he transferred the gem into its new granite setting. Now look into it, Solly. Go on. Look into it, ordered the fox. Apprehensively, Solly peered into the stone as if it were the eyepiece to a telescope. At first, all was dark. Then, as if illuminated from behind, the gemstone began to glow. In the redness of the jewel, faintly at first, he saw a vertical crack form, which quickly became a slit. Then as the slit opened, it created a rush like a black hole sucking in light as the surrounding rock briefly rumbled. Shocked, the owl jumped back in alarm. Laughingly, the fox said, It's done, Solly, ready to be opened. The owl, not quite sure what the fox meant, watched on as he removed the gemstone from the rock. The jewel returned to its setting, looked normal once more. Handing it to the owl, whilst holding a finger to his lips, he said, Shh, 
This is yours now. It contains your mark. Here, it's yours to keep. Until I claim it back, that is. <laughs> Said the fox with a laugh and a wink. Staramat then went over to the rock, which appeared wedged between another larger boulder. Using a single clawed finger, he pushed at the stone. To the owl's amazement, it rolled away, revealing a narrow, hidden void. The owl could now see that the moved rock was just the exposed edge of a much larger, embedded millstone. Solly gazed in disbelief at the revealed cobwebbed entrance and dust-covered stone steps. Follow me, whispered the fox with a mischievous air as he disappeared down the hole. Solly was shocked, so shocked that words failed him. This place and its rocks were so familiar to him, part of his everyday life. He knew their every contour. Had he been told of this by anyone else, he would have laughingly dismissed it as the deranged ravings of a lunatic. But here he was in a familiar place that now seemed foreign to him. What made it all the more incredulous was that a fox, a fox who wasn't even an inhabitant of the forest, knew more about his home than himself. The old and familiar now felt different and new. What he had considered to be solid and immovable had somehow, under the fox's touch, become liquid and mobile. The owl felt hot and flushed, an unpleasant feeling brought about from the embarrassment of his own ignorance. Obediently, without a word, Solly followed Staramet. As he descended the steps, the owl's mind raced. What else remained hidden from him? What secrets had the fox still yet to reveal? Recovering from the shock, he asked as lightly as he could. So, uh, uh, uh tell me, Saranet, um, who else knows of this place? Only myself, and now you, as far as I'm aware, replied the fox. He continued, but this one has not been used in centuries, and before you ask, I have no idea who built them. Them? Asked the owl? Yes, as far as I can tell, the island is riddled with such underground chambers and passageways. I thought you would have known, said the fox with a happy grin. Solly, whose face looked like thunder, didn't reply. After descending a short stone staircase that led down from the entrance, the fox purposely stopped on the last step. Behind him, the owl, whose eyes worked best in the darkness, was keen to see where the passageway went. Ahead of the fox, he could see a long, tube-like corridor that stretched away into the blackness. Look at the step I'm standing on, said the fox. See how it's the last step. Now listen to the sound it makes. Solly heard a faint clicking sound as it slowly descended into the floor. Once level, the fox stepped off. This will seal us in, 
As it rose, Solly heard a grinding sound as the millstone above them rolled closed, turning everything black. The darkness that surrounded them was too deep even for the owl's sensitive eyes. As Solly began to complain, the fox quickly hushed him. Shh, I've not brought you here, Solly, to listen to you whine and complain, so hush up and listen. I'm trying to show you something, snapped the irritated fox. Solly, humiliated by his words, said nothing more. The owl heard the fox humming an odd sound. Then in response, the walls of the corridor gradually began to glow a dull and sickly green. Wow, said Solly in awe. On your way out, you will need to stand and wait upon this bottom step until it is fully depressed. Only then will it open the entrance. But I suggest you hurry out as the millstone will roll closed once the step has risen. Now, come, follow me, ordered the fox as he moved quickly along the dimly lit passageway. Solly, following on, touched the strange glowing walls. They appeared to be plastered in an intricate, symmetrical, almost crystalline structure. Well, uh, what odd walls, commented the owl. What's that, replied Staramit. Um, well, the walls, what are they made of? Inquired Solly lightly. It's a calcified mandel bulb formation, seen in all the island's caves. A natural formation of life, where the infinite is encapsulated within the finite. Solly, not knowing what a mandel bulb formation was, or even what the fox was referring to, replied, Oh, uh, oh yes, right, yes, 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 uh, of course, I see it now, it must be one of the largest mandel bulb formations I've ever encountered. You're <laughs> all quite fascinating. The fox shook his head and smiled, quietly saying, yes, fascinating. Just like you, Solly, one big oxymoron. Intrigued, Solly touched the residue. It felt bumpy and sharp, similar to the bubbly calcified scaling in old, well-used kettles. Gouging it, the owl revealed a continuing pattern beneath. The marks were quickly lost as the exposed layer also began to glow. Producing a pocket magnifying glass, Solly saw that the light emanated from tiny filaments held in small thread-like veins that protruded from the bumps and ridges in the plaster. Keep up, Solly, encouraged the fox, becoming impatient. The passageway spiralled gently downwards. Any promise of its end seemed to always hide around the next bend. As they descended, the corridor opened up, becoming wide enough for the two of them to travel side by side. At the bottom was a strange-looking door that bulged and glowed like a lava lamp, where globular blobs of shadow travelled slowly across its surface. Carefully, Staramat placed his paw at the door's centre, causing the dark blobs to rush and coalesce beneath it. Closing one eye, the fox then hummed. 
From beneath his hand, ripples moved out and over the whole door. The owl watched in apprehension as the fox's paw sunk slowly into the now liquid fabric of the door. Gently, the fox pulled his paw away. Without locks or hinges, the jelly-like surface wobbled, stretched and tore open before re-solidifying into an open doorway. Inside, Solly could see a bright and wonderful-looking glass room. Staramet announced to the astonished owl, Here is the hidden room, Solly. It's called a tempernacle. His words sent an inexplicable shiver down Solly's back. Oval in shape, it looked like a giant chrome-coated fir cone of some enormous prehistoric tree which had somehow become buried several millennia ago and whose innards had rotted away to leave behind this odd looking-glass room. Although inside it was bright, Solly couldn't see any source for the light as it appeared to emanate in some way from behind the mirrored walls. As the door closed behind them, its outline, like liquid silver, disappeared into the mirrored contours of the room. The sound of their voices seemed strange. Before each sentence, Solly heard an odd whooshing sound, and at the end of his speech, his words became muted and flat. It was like his voice was being recited in reverse, before being played backwards. It unnerved and puzzled him how the whooshing sound always appeared at the exact second before he began to speak. The owl, through his thick and heavy spectacles, examined the smooth undulating walls, which were regularly peppered with tiny holes, each hole looking like the horn of a miniature trumpet. Solly stood back to view his reflection. As in a hall of mirrors, his image appeared to distort, entwining with the foxes, making them appear like a single double-headed beast. As they moved, their body shapes changed and morphed. He watched, fascinated, as small bodily blobs became detached and were sucked away like watery waste, draining down the tiny plug holes. So, so, uh... What does this room do, uh, exactly? Uh, 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 What is it used for? Asked Solly in awe. Its main use is to provide us with a way to communicate, replied the fox. As to how it works, it's difficult to explain, as it uses both light and sound in a similar way, converting back and forth between the two. Seeing the owl's confusion, he continued. Imagine an orchestra, Solly, with all the instruments in front of you, such as trumpets, trombones and horns. If you looked at them carefully, you would see they all have tubes that twist into various shapes and spirals. Solly nodded as he continued to look around. If you think of guitars, violins, cellos and pianos, each are just basically odd-shaped box-like containers with strings on. In fact, all musical instruments are either chambers or tubes, enclosed spaces designed to create resonance. He paused to look at the confused Solly, 
who he could see was still not getting it. But undeterred, the fox continued on. Outside of this room are deep underground tunnels and caverns that channel not sound, but light. The light absorbed here is added to and amplified. Think of this chamber not as a room, but as being a small part of a vast instrument of light, an instrument you cannot see. This room is the focal point, where our reflection, aurora, and voice, like an instrument's sound waves, begin their journey. The owl continued to look around. To Solly, the room didn't look new, but then it didn't look old either. Having lived and been born in the surrounding trees, how was it that he'd not been aware of such a structure? He now dared to think that it must have been here before the time of the forest. Solly could not see how anyone could have begun to create such a complex structure without him ever having known or read about it in the forest archives. Still disturbed by his ignorance, Solly now reasoned that the fox was a creature born of the earth and the underworld, that his knowledge of what lay beneath the island's surface would naturally be far more extensive than his own. Solly caught Staramet silently observing him, as if trying to read the owl's thoughts. Quickly, the fox broke his gaze and looked nonchalantly around, whilst continuing his lecture. You can use this room as an instrument, an instrument that allows us to communicate. But first, you'll need to know how to play it, which I'll teach you now. What me? asked the owl, disconcerted. Yes, you, replied the fox. Everything in this room works upon luminescent resonance, a mixture of both your sound and light. Every living creature creates an aurora. It's by mixing our auroras that will allow us to communicate. The owl looked concerned. Fortunately, Solly, you don't need to understand how things actually work in order to be able to use them. Just listen carefully and I'll show you. First, you need to create the correct note. Staramet hummed. sound started off dead, just like every other noise before it, but after a short while it began to build. Causing the light in the room to dim. As the humming continued to rise, it reached a tipping point, where it began to grow of its own accord, getting louder and louder. Oddly, this was not like hearing a noise but felt more like being inside one. When you sing in a choir, there is just one sound, but the experience of being part of it is different from the audience. The surrounding waves oscillate and reverberate through your whole body, so you become part of it. The sound Staramet had initiated continued to grow, It was now as if a thousand distant voices had also joined in, 
each humming the same note. The fox looked at Solly. Putting his finger to his lips, he indicated to the owl to remain silent. Solly had expected the hum to die away, but to his amazement, it continued to grow. It was as if he'd woken a groaning monster lying deep beneath the earth. As the hum rose in pitch, it became less intrusive. Like tinnitus, it now sat on the upper edge of his hearing range, allowing it to be ignored. After a short pause, the fox said, Now I'll be able to hear and see you in my chamber at the other end. I'll hear everything you say, even if you were just to whisper it. Oh, I don't understand, said Solly. Oh, how is that possible? Staramek continued. While we talk, this chamber is resonating light. This resonance acts as a carrier wave, taking with it the smallest of sounds. Like leaves on a fast-flowing river, our conversation will travel through other dimensions, instantly over any distance, without degradation or loss. Sound and vision held together carefully within the folds of light. The owl could see an excitement in the fox's eyes as he explained how it worked. To all intent and purposes, I'll appear to be in the same room as you. You'll also see vague and distorted images. But more importantly, you will instantly be able to hear everything I say. The humming continued on its own, showing no signs of fading. How do you stop it? asked Solly, who was beginning to feel slightly nauseous. I mean, when we finished. Ah, that's easy. Listen to me, Solly, said Staramet, who sounded a different note, changing the pitch of the original thrum. Almost instantly, the sound began to fade and the room got brighter. When it had completely gone, the fox looked to Solly and announced, Right, now it's your turn. After much practice and a good degree of patience from the fox, Solly was able to master the use of the tempernacle, creating a resonance. By the end of the day, he'd even mastered the pitch required to open its door and create the sickly green glow in the tunnelled walls. So, like clockwork, every day at 3pm, in the dead of day, Solly would make his way to the tempernacle to talk with Staramet. It worked well, just as the fox had promised. Staramet was kept aware of all forest events, while Solly was able to pass off the fox's welcome advice as his own. Staramet provided Solly not only with advice, but also with other resources which he might need. The arrangement worked well, really well. It appeared that once and for all, the owl's problems were finally solved. The running of the forest was soon back on track, and everything quickly returned to like it had been in the early days, when Solly was younger. 
So it continued, all very successfully, without any of the forest animals ever being aware of the fox's involvement in their daily lives, or even in the existence of the owl's tempernacle. Over time, the fox suggested changes that the owl could make to improve forest affairs. He showed him how that by having a covert group of weasels within the police force, who reported solely to him, he could learn of everything that was going on. This elite group he used to monitor individuals or events, acting as his informants. This allowed Solly to preempt and outwit any potentially serious issues or challenges to his authority. Cunningly, the fox also helped him to artificially manufacture problems. Left unchecked, these quickly grew. Then, like a true saviour, Solly would step in to save the day. Or, rather, the night. So it was that Solly's fame quickly spread throughout the whole of the forest. This was a golden age for Solly, where everything was good, all his problems appeared solved, and his position at the top of the forest hierarchy was secure. The brotherhood between him and the fox grew stronger with each passing year. Although, perhaps, it could be quietly said that the owl failed to realise just how much he now relied upon the fox.